yeah, in, in game two. And that's so that brings me to the last point, which is the the desperation of the Panthers versus the Bruins and being more playoff ready. To me, I thought the Bruins learned that lesson in game two. Like I thought that was the wake up call of like, hey guys, it's the playoffs. This is different than the regular season. Wake up. I thought they got that message. I thought it sunk in because they played so much better in games three and four. And that looked to me like a team that, all right, got the wake up call they needed, figured it out, was ready to now play playoff hockey. I don't know what games five and six have been to me like that. The, the Panthers were the more desperate team down the stretch and the Bruins didn't have anything to play out to play for. To me, that's gone by games five and six. You've played four games of playoff hockey. You're in the swing of it. You're in the series. I don't know what has caused these last two games and all these mistakes. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all on the line for them. It's like you said, it, it can either be, all right, they overcame adversity, they survived the scare, and the run's back on, let's get ready for the next round. Or it is going to be regret that they are all going to have to live with for the rest of their lives if if they find, if they blow this. Like, that's... He's not wrong. <laughs> if this is I know, Bruce, like, the way you is, said that, though. If, if this but, is Bergeron and Krejci's last run, Scott, like, I mean, imagine if that's how their careers ended. And so, you yeah. and you you hear it from you hear from guys who've been through this like they all they all know you only get so many chances at this. I remember Marshand in 2019 talking about how how much he regrets 2013 and how he thinks about that even more than 2011, even more than winning. Even if you have that experience, it doesn't mean that you're not gonna, you know, lose a big game again. Like they didn't win in 2019 and there's no guarantee that they're going to win tomorrow night just because they have good leadership and they have guys who have been here. Patrice Bergeron, this will be his 14th career game seven tied with Zidane, tied with Zidane Chara for the most ever. Doesn't guarantee they're going to win it. Like this, this group has lost game sevens before they've lost them on home ice. So well, they had it on Nesson the other day. It was um, the there in the last five game sevens. They've lost three. Yep. And like what 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 what's again? It's just like this roster that Don Sweeney put together. If this if the Bruins lose this series, what nobody should say or second guess is, well, Don Don put together a losing roster. No, because mm-hmm. let me tell you something. This roster is so deep, and they have everything. They have skill. They have size, they have speed, they have physicality, they have leadership, they have experience, they have everything. And if this team goes out in the first round, and with all due respect to Matthew Kachuk and Barkov and Reinhardt and Sam Bennett and Brendan Montour and Ekblad, like those five, six guys, all due respect to them, if you go out there and this team, Patrice Bergeron's career potentially ends after this season at the hands of a washed-up Mark Stahl, a Nick Cousins, a Colin White, a Sam Bennett. Is Sam Bennett going to be the reason that the Boston Bruins become the most notorious team in the league's history? If he is, if this Florida Panthers team is the reason, then then this Bruins team, shame on them. That's all I have to say. And, and, and the Bruins crowd tomorrow is going to be so nervous. God forbid if Florida scores the first goal. Scott's not even going to be able to eat his popcorn. His stomach is going to be all in a knot. It's just, it's, it just shouldn't like, and I hate to like what we haven't done enough of on this episode 
is praise Florida for their resilience and their desperation and their stick to because yes, the Bruins have been shooting themselves in the foot and they've been handing Florida opportunities, but to Florida's credit, they've been taking advantage of them and, and, and they went down three to one. Yes. They're absolutely over. Matthew Kachuk is the entire series has been overplaying the whole, like nobody thought we were going to win a game. Like he, they are playing up that underdog card. So you can bet your ass in the locker before game seven, that team is going to be like, boys, let's let's go make history. Let's go be that team to be on the right side of history. And the Bruins, on the other hand, are going to be – it's going to be a very nervous crowd, and it's going to be a very nervous Bruins team. Yes, it better be a loud crowd. Well, I'm you sure – yeah. You've got to make home ice advantage, home ice advantage at some point. The the I guess the thing for me is like the Bruins' desperation level should absolutely match the Panthers because the both teams' season's on the line. The question for me is, does this does this Bruins team know how to play desperate? Like, like, do they know how to execute when they're being desperate? You know what well, I mean? So like, Florida's... the answer is no. Well, they haven't had their season through, on the line. Florida has. Two, no, I'm saying through two out of three games. Yeah, um, you're right about that. And but I wanted to this I, this popped into my head a few minutes ago. Where this is still the same topic. Um, Florida not only has clawed their way through the regular season to get that last spot, but they've also been in that position in this series and they've proven to themselves that they can do it with their backs against the wall over and over and over again. So they're already in that mindset, our backs against the wall. We're going to claw out of this. Bruins have not been in that position all regular season. And this is the first time in the series that their back is against the wall. Um, So there's just a lot, a lot going into it, and we're not psychics, um, obviously. And, and, and maybe another under-discussed part of this going into the series was the, the Panthers weren't scared of the Bruins because they – a couple things. One, they played them well in the regular season, and as much as I personally don't really think regular season matchups carry into the playoffs I mean, I mean a whole lot, it does at least give the Panthers something to latch on to and say like, look, yeah, they were the best regular season team ever, but we played with them. We, we were right there. And then the other part of it is they were the president's trophy winners last year and they got swept in the second round. So like I can see them spinning that as, Hey, when the president's trophy doesn't guarantee you anything, we, we learned that lesson last year. Maybe it's time for them to learn that lesson. So I, I do – the Panthers do deserve a ton of credit. Like, they haven't been afraid. They didn't roll over when they were down 3-1. Obviously, we focus on the Bruins side of it because we're a Bruins podcast. That's what we do. Um, but, yeah, it's it has been impressive by Florida. And if they pull it off, like, they'll have a spot in history as well. But unless they go on to win the Cup, like, they won't – they won't be what's remembered. It'll be the fact that the Bruins collapsed and blew it. Hey, to to my defense and Bridget's defense, we wanted the Islanders. We, the, the, I, I didn't. No, to be, I'm just, I'm more so being tongue in cheek, but because Bridget and I didn't think the Bruins would lose to Florida, even if they played them. But I, I, I really, I just saw. Did I see seven games? I mean, not necessarily. I, I did predict six, but I just thought, I don't know. I, I, I just saw that this Panthers team was a lot better on paper than what their rec- their final standing was in the regular season, and and. Yeah, they did win a President's Trophy last year. They learned a hard lesson. You sub out Kachuk for Huberto and Wegar leaves and a couple other smaller pieces like Giroux, but he was a de- they were already ahead of the rest of the league when they got Giroux last year, and he didn't do anything when he went to them. So 
this Panthers team, like they were very good on paper. They just underachieved for the first half of the year and, and, and whatever. So and they um, started peaking at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet it still should have been a five game series. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. It hasn't been right. That's, I mean, you gotta, the, why, why are the Bruins making these mistakes? No one's literally the word is unforced, right? No one's forcing them to do, to do these things. Why are they caving under under pressure of the, of the lights? Are they like? There's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. It could be a combination. But the fact of the matter is, it hasn't been one mistake. It's been countless. And it's like if the Bruins are as good as their record indicated, you shouldn't be making those. Like you shouldn't be making those. So something's got something's off with this Bruins team, and and. I don't know. Um, well, it's like it, my question is, where did the chemistry go? Right, the mistakes sometimes come from not knowing where your teammate is on the ice, like not not being on the same page. Like those are things that you had eighty two games to work out. But when you make a lot of line changes at the end, I understand Bergeron being out, Krejci being out um, is part of that that you have to try to work around. But the, it's like the chemistry went out the window at some point, and these mistakes pile up because of it yeah i mean that's part of it but then like there's still the ones though that are just completely unexplainable like that clifton pass in the neutral zone last night i i've rewatched that a couple times and like i still don't even know what he was going for like i don't even know where what he thought he saw or who he was trying to make that pass to it was it never had a chance of being completed and like that's and he wasn't under pressure. That there was nothing going on. It was just a totally unforced mistake. And it, as much as like you want to say, oh, maybe you know there have definitely been miscommunications in this series. So you know if you want to point to maybe guys moving around or whatever, but pretty much everyone has played with every for the most part. There's maybe been a couple new combinations, but. You know, for the most part, like everyone's played with everyone. There should be some level of of comfort there. And they you know, like I think of last game where there's that I think it was um Orlov and Coyle, I think like lost a battle or no, Forbert and, and Coyle lost a battle on the boards and the puck squirts out, but Sam Ben ends up scoring from the slot and neither like Forbert and Felina both seem to expect the other one to be picking up Bennett. And neither one did, and he ends up wide open. And it's like, well, there should be chemistry between Forbert and Felino. Like, those are two guys who have been playing all year. So, like, what's what's their excuse for a miscommunication? They've been on the ice together plenty this year. And those are just, like, structural things of just how they're supposed to play in zone. Like, that doesn't change from line to line or pairing to pairing. Like, their, their structure's the same. Who is supposed to be going where and picking up who? Like, that's... That's consistent across the whole team, especially in the defensive zone. Different lines might have different options and abilities to be creative offensively, but defensively, like the structure is the structure, the system's the system. That it doesn't, it shouldn't really matter like who you're on the ice with. It's the same assignments across the board, pretty much. So personnel wise, can I just clarify where where we all stand going into Game Seven? We're all on the same page, swimming in for Allmark, Frederick in for Felino. And Grizzly in for who? Forbert or Clifton? Clifton. I'm going. I'm Clifton. going Cliff. I'm going Clifton just because of how bad he was. But do you? But do you think six. that Clifton's one of those guys that bounces back after something like that? I kind of think he is. I think he's more of a liability than Forbert. 
Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair about based off game six. I mean, yeah, especially coming off game six. Like go, going into game six, I was team Cl- put Clifton in over Forbert. I didn't think either one. I didn't think either one was especially good in game six, but Clifton was definitely the bigger problem. So I'm fine taking him out and then either, you know, Orlov or Grizzly goes on their offside. Probably Orlov because he's, he's done that more. So yeah, my, my defense for game seven would line up Grizzly McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Forbert, Orlov. Okay. I hope. One note on 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 Carlo and Forbert. I I hope they're really attentive in in watching their PK tape because on that on that game tying goal from Kachuk go to five five in the third period, he had all the time in the world to just walk in and get his own rebound on a very basic play, good play, smart play, but Forbert and Carlo have like a combined wingspan of like what, like twenty feet, and like not one of them like closed in on him. So yeah. maybe maybe keep an eye on that on that guy in the goal line. Yeah, that was really annoying because the, the first jam attempt, that's on the goalie. You you let the goalie handle that one. The rebound, someone's stick has to be in there. Like that's that was bad. Yeah, you're right. Like neither one closes in. It's like how Kachuk could have had a third whack if there was another rebound. Like there was way too much space there. Yeah, that one that one I'll I, I also will not put up entirely on Olmark. I didn't like the timing of that. On I still part. I still didn't like it from Olmar's perspective either though. Like those those jam plays, you gotta hold your ground and keep it out. Like he, he sent the rebound right back to Kachuk's stick and then he's not able to get to the other post. Like so I still didn't like it from for him either. I, I By the this... way, Bergeron Bergeron had a save at one point where it got past Olmark and Bergeron stopped it on the goal line and saved it uh, I think in the second period. It was earlier in the game. I know, I know we've gone longer than usual. Could I just bring up one more thing that annoyed me last night? Just one more thing. So I understand last year Bruce Cassidy was potentially a little bit of a bad cop in the room and it wore on some players and that part of the reason that Jim Montgomery, aside from his hockey mind, let's not overlook that, that the Bruins hired him was for a culture change in the room. More positive reinforcement, more good cop, more, you know, I'm going to massage your shoulders after a good play type type coach, right? And I'm not I'm not saying Jim Montgomery has to change his stripes just to keep it to, you know, Tiger references since he's such a big Tiger fan. But um after last night's game, one of the first things he said to the media was, "Oh, what a great hockey game that was. That's just that's mm-hmm. playoff hockey at its best and what a great game that was." And I do I think he really meant that? No, I think that in his mind he was he was very pissed off about how his team played and he was trying to give off a a positive happy go lucky like let's not panic here we're going home to home ice we earned it all year blah blah blah. Okay. But don't condescend everybody in the media and in the fans that are watching that interview by trying to trick us and deceive us into what a great hockey game. If you weren't a Bruins fan or a Panthers fan or a Bruins fan, objectively, yeah, fun game to watch for a neutral fan. Got it. But defensively, your team was atrocious. So I'm not telling you to go out there and go all Bruce Cassidy on on them. And by the way, Bruce, I love you. Congrats on going to the second round, like Bridget said. But can you at least just be like, we need to be better. Like it wasn't our greatest effort. We're gonna we're gonna focus on addressing that and going into Game Seven. Do you have to be like, what a great hockey game? <laughs> I feel like it almost comes me. from. I feel like it almost comes from not knowing how to react in these situations because they haven't been in it. And also not knowing exactly what to do about some of the mistakes that happened. Like, 
I guess that's all you can say when you don't really, you you don't like have the ability to put your finger on just like one thing or another. And, and that it's just kind of all coming at you so fast. What else do you say? Um, I guess he hasn't been put in that situation in a press conference for most of the year. So this is different. This is different for him to handle as well in the post game. Yeah, yeah. And I know on Sunday, Bruce Cassidy is going to be sitting at his house in Vegas, just, just like Scott, just with the popcorn in hand and enjoying whatever, uh, whatever he sees. And I don't know if he's rooting for against the Bruins. I got to imagine it's uh, against um, for a lot of reasons, but uh, yeah, no, he, he's going to, he's relaxing right now. Um, and his former team is kind of in a, in a panic. Yeah. And, you know, Bridget, so something you referenced earlier, like I don't I don't think Jim Montgomery thought that was a great hockey game after the Kachuk goal where he's throwing his water bottle on the bench. He he no. didn't seem to be having a good time then. So um yeah, it was it was an odd tone and I think it it does stem from like him always trying to project that positive energy and the you know, we're not panicking, but it still came off as odd. And there's been a couple times this year where like his tone is where he maybe doesn't come across the way that he means to. Cause like, I don't think he was, you know, I don't think he was trying to sound like all bright and cheery and like, wow, that was just a wonderful night. But like, it, it does kind of sound that way when you, I just love just... so much that I was entertained, even though we yeah. lost. I mean, all, all Mark pissed me off too. Like after game five, Bridget, you mentioned, or maybe Scott, maybe it was you, but you mentioned like how, how after the game, I think it was you, Bridget. After the game, he was obviously it was a massive blunder. All eyes are on that play. It cost him the game. Blah blah blah. And there, and somebody was like, like, how do you feel? How are you feeling? He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, which yeah, is like, yeah. which is like fine in that situation because it's one big play that he's trying to kind of poo-poo and like shake off. But last night he's doing the same thing after giving up six goals, and he's like, I'm good, thank you. Feeling good. It's like, dude, can you just like say you have to be better and just like just at least look like you're pissed? I know you're pissed. Yeah, like at least but, Swayman goes. Swayman goes. You know, you just got to put it behind you. Blah blah yeah. blah. Like, but you can tell well, it by his demeanor, he is it mad at himself. Well, and it makes me seem like he's. It makes me seem like he's. It makes me feel like he's rattled. It makes me feel like he's overcompensating for how rattled he is. Whereas, like, if you're like even keel and you're just like, and you take a little bit of accountability and you're like. Yeah, I just got to be better. Like, I, I need to be better next game. But like, when you're when you're going out of your way to give the perception that everything's okay, I ma- it makes me feel like you know everything's not okay, and you're trying to overcompensate, and that makes me worry. Well, and, and I will say, like, I've you know a lot of people have made the two Garas comparison in the sense of like they don't sound mad or concerned after bad losses or whatever, and almost a little too nonchalant and. At least say this, Rask, when he had a bad game, he took responsibility for it. Um, he he was honest, and he would say, like, yeah, like a, that was a bad goal for me to give up. I had a bad game. I have to be better. He would do that. It would go largely ignored by, like, sports radio in particular, but I was in a lot of those scrums where Tuka Rask did that. He was also brutally honest and would sometimes blame his defense if it was the defense's fault. So he was he was just honest both ways, but – you know, for people who want to make that comparison, like Rask would at least take it on himself and say he had to be better. And you're right. Like we haven't really heard it from Allmark. I personally, like, even as a member of the media, I, I don't really care. Like I don't mind how 
goalies react. They're they're weird people in general. So if like if this is what works for him, then then so be it. But I absolutely understand why some fans might not like what they're hearing. And by the way, this is consistent with how he's been since we met him. Um, like he he likes to be sarcastic. He likes to give answers that you can't use and you're like the quotes that you can't use because they're literally he means the exact opposite um he's done that to us a few times i've gotten he's given me some sass in the past um, so yeah this he was given off major sass now i feel i don't feel as bad that he gives me sass um because i saw him give so much worse sass after game six but um it can rub people the wrong way for sure i don't like how he handled it the funniest thing is my my mom she she loves the goalie tandem. She loves, you know, the, the hug after the game. She was so pissed off at Allmark and the comments that he made after the game, like being dismissive that she was like, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> um, so like, I know he doesn't probably realize what the perception is when you do stuff like that. If it's, if it's genuine and he really just seems like he's, he's all good. Like it, like, like shit happens. That's one thing. I just, I feel like I said, I feel like he's overcompensating and trying to give off a perception. Like, you know, that, you know, that funny video that went viral like years ago of like the little, like seven or eight year old kid. And, and the reporter goes up to with the microphone and, and she's like, she's like, do you miss your mom? And he's like, no. And he's laughing. And then he, <laughs> and he starts crying. That's what, <laughs> that's what all Mark like is reminding me of where it's like, he's after, after these games and he's like, I'm good. Thank you. Feeling good. Yep. Why do you ask? Like after giving up six goals. And it's like, I just feel like he's going out of his way to, and I think it's bothering him more than, than, than he's letting on obviously. And I feel like sometimes it's like, just, yeah, just like be honest, like tell you, tell, you know, just be honest and, and don't be so like, it's okay to be, it's okay to, it's okay to take accountability. No one's going to crucify you for like looking upset after a game or just, or just looking how you would normally look like, you don't have to like put on a fake face for everybody. Like it's not, it doesn't matter to us. Like, I don't know, just like grieve and figure and move on. I don't know. <laughs> or get pissed. I do think he thinks that he's getting the point across with his sarcasm, right? I but feel like the, he thinks he's point, getting though? the same point across, like that, oh, obviously, like you guys already know the answer. So I'm just gonna give you this sarcastic answer because you guys really know in your in your own mind and you don't need to ask me um what like to answer about it. Like we all saw it. Like I feel like it comes from that kind of a place where it's like I'm going to give you a snarky, sarcastic answer because everybody knows what happened and I don't feel like I, I want to talk about it. That's fair. Maybe, maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. I guess I just I just hope that he, personally he's not – like behind closed doors, I just hope he's not rattled. I don't care. what it, it, it's, it doesn't matter to me how the media feels, and it shouldn't matter to him how the media feels. Like, it doesn't I just, matter to him. I just, I just don't want him to – I just want him personally when he goes home at night preparing for game seven to not be rattled. And I was just trying to figure out if him being overly positive after a clearly bad couple of games wasn't. It his was way sarcastically of like... positive though. Okay, it was so, definitely right. sarcastically positive. Okay. Well then might be a moot point. Cause I think we all want swimming in game seven and like <laughs> it, cause God, God forbid if, if all Mark starts in game seven and gives up a, an early goal, like then what do you do? Not, you, not, you take them out. You make that switch as early as you need to. hundred percent. I agree with you. I agree with you, but don't put your, if you're going to do it, just, just do it. Just get him in there to start the game. Don't even give yourself a tough decision to make. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to be in their DNA, their DNA though. Like they've been so hesitant to make a change in goal and it's, 
it's it's very surprising to me because they should have had total confidence in both goalies going they into the playoffs have. and their action, like the way that they've handled this series. I wrote this in my column this morning. They, they've treated Allmark like he's a true workhorse number one who doesn't have a capable backup. Like they've approached it almost the exact opposite of what the situation actually is, which is a historically great goalie tandem where, yeah, one is probably a little better than the other, but it's going to, it's going to be fascinating. going to be super interesting to see what they do. Don't hang them out to dry. So I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask you guys right now before we sign off, are we going to be previewing a second round series of the Bruins after Sunday night? I already started writing something for between rounds. So I hope so. Do you, <laughs> do you think that work will be uh, for all for naught? I might just have to throw that in the garbage. <laughs> do you I... think you'll have to? What, what do you think, Bridget? You think they're going to win? I honestly, I, I, Brian, I couldn't tell you. It could go three overtimes and, you know, everybody. You have to make a pick. Hey, people no, want to hear you. Bridget, 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 let, let me, let me explain something. Right now, all the listeners, right now, you, me, and Scott, we're like flight attendants on an aircraft. As long as the flight attendants are still walking around, passing out snacks, no one's going to panic. So you do need you to give off Do you know how to land perception. a plane, Brian? Because I don't know how to land a all plane. I know, all I know how to do is is go like this and, and, and signal to the exits and pass out Cheez-Its. I'm not pretending to be the pilot. <laughs> I'm just being a flight attendant so that the listeners can have some zen in them uh, oh. leading into this game seven. I don't if we panic, do they're going to panic, Bridget. That's all I'm saying. I think everybody's – it's like those masks are coming down from the top of the plane and we're all like t- trying to fasten them onto our faces or something. <laughs> well, let's just hope you're not in one of the emergency exits. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, oh, I, 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 I said I was feeling bad. I, I feel like the plane's going down. I, uh, guys, come on. I re- Look, can't be, can't I, I don't, like I don't want that to happen. I want to keep covering this team. They've, it's been a really fun team to cover. What, what are the um, odds the Panthers win three games in Boston in a row? Something's gonna. Something, I've already bro- said that about a few things, and I've been wrong, and now I just I don't want to listen. It, of of all the reasons why this needs to go to another round, working with the people that we work with is the number one reason for me. So I don't, have to, I don't have to deal with their. And it's not just going to be this year. Every year from now on, we'll be. Oh well, they choked before. They're gonna choke again. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. So, well, I, for what it's worth, I think I think the Bruins are still gonna be playing until June at least. Um, obviously, you know if yeah, they lose I, if, I if they lose tomorrow night, if they lose tomorrow night, burn the tape. I never said that. Obviously, okay. yeah. So. I purposefully booked my vacation in August instead of June because I was like, hey, you know, I've booked a vacation in June before, and what happened? They were playing in the Stanley Cup in 2019. I was in Hawaii for most of it, and the Stanley Cup got brought to the office, and I didn't get to touch it. I'm still mad about that. So, <laughs> well, and I'll also say, I, Saturday morning, I I feel bad if I have to pick right now. I hate to do it, but I'm picking a loss. But people should tune into Sunday Skate. Sunday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Me and Razor, maybe with 24 more hours, I'll I'll feel better. We'll we'll have to see. Why is it a 6:30 start time? By the way, that's so random. Why not? Yeah, it's good. I don't know some TV thing because they also have the Avs cracking game is 9:30. Maybe maybe they didn't want that to be a 10 o'clock start. At least get some East Coast viewers or something. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. By the way, Rowan fans are going to bed. Uh, if that's a loss and uh, yeah, 
There's no, they're not going to be watching no cracking hey, game. Hey, honor, honorable mention by the way to to Jack Edwards for his his goal call on Jake DeBrusque's shorthanded goal. That was that was that was an all time goal call. I think it was just he just, he just screamed. Yeah, that was, I don't even know if he said words. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he sounded like yeah, it was like it was like a baby making sound. So I don't know what the hell that was, but we, we talked about enough bad things about Jack this year. That was that was a good that was a good Jack moment. That was that was funny. Unfortunately, the Bruins had to go and ruin it, and that wasn't the ultimate game-winning goal call, but that put that on the highlight reel. <laughs> so, anyway, all right. Do you guys want to recreate that call? Do we all just want to scream? You know no. something? No, people already commented on our YouTube that I have a, a terrible voice or something. So <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> I'm nice. Refrain from screaming. Also, Brian has RBF, apparently. I guess I can just smile <laughs> the entire time I'm not talking. I'm, <laughs> I know what, what what do they say like, don't you know you're on camera it's like listen we've been doing we've been doing the skate pot for two years we just started YouTube like I yeah, just I look you should have seen what I looked like before we were on YouTube because I did not I just came in like my robe and like no makeup <laughs> and like a hat and I looked like shit but now I have to put makeup on for this so you're yeah. welcome I'm gonna just do the uh I'm gonna paint my face like Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker so that people just think I'm always smiling at Scott when he's talking <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I genuinely don't know what to do. And that's like, if you guys are talking, what's that's the RBF is resting bitch face. That's what I understand. Yeah. And usually it's me that I get told I have, cause I'm in the background of all the like Bruins videos, like looking like, I don't know, like I, I hate life. Um, but you want to know what though? Everybody likes Scott. See, no, that's not Scott true. Actually, no criticism. Ever. Actually, I feel like it started with me being criticized but now it has completely shifted to you guys. So I must have done I must have done mm-hmm. something right. But That's too likable. I, I, th- I think people should keep that up. I encourage them to <laughs> well, say very nice things about me and be, yeah. be mean to Brian and Bridget. They, could, they, they couldn't they couldn't see Scott because he was pixelated for six months. They didn't even know I was face. here. So that's why they weren't talking about it. Like, oh my God. It's like, who's that? Who's that blurb just talking half the time? <laughs> Anyway, um, keep the comments coming. We love them, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. Don't make uh, me mon- delete any. Yeah, she monitors them, so that's that's why Scott and I hear about them because she she'll just text us these random things that mm-hmm. make us laugh. But mm-hmm. thanks, we guys. Lo- we love all the listenership and viewership, of course. Um, so anywho, uh, Bridget, hand hand on the dial, finger on the <laughs> dial. You guys have anything else you wanted to say? No. Nope. Okay. Well, fingers crossed that this isn't the last. Skate pod episode, at least talking about a Bruins uh, series outside of predict- the first round. Yeah. yeah, I guess analyzing what they should do next is what we're this. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be the last time. No. So for all of you listening, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday and enjoy your Sunday. Go Bruins. We will talk to you all very soon.